Lillian Barnard joins me on the podcast today, the Managing Director, Chief Executive Officer at Microsoft South Africa. With more than 20 years of experience in the ICT industry, Lillian is a seasoned professional with proven capabilities and a strong understanding of the local markets. She has held various executive positions, both locally in South Africa and internationally. And as such, she has gained experience and knowledge in sales, operations, business control, strategy, business transformation, but above all, leadership. This experience that she's had along her journey, combined with her deep industry knowledge, positions are perfect to deliver on Microsoft South Africa's digital transformation ambitions, empowering governments, organizations, and individuals to achieve more. Lillian is known for building strong and high-performance teams that consistently deliver on their financial targets, results, and goals, and outcomes, while also bringing innovative digital solutions to her partners, her customers, and the people that she represents. Having led large teams both locally and internationally, she's recognized for her strength in developing people and creating an environment where everyone can do their best work. She's passionate about enabling a truly diverse and inclusive workplace by drawing on her own experiences. She creates a culture that enables people to bring out their authentic selves and a workplace to be embraced by that individuality. I've asked Lillian to come on board because not only have I been a massive fan, but I'm truly, truly, truly uh, admire the impact uh, and leadership that you perform on a daily basis. So without further ado, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Rashawn, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You have a tremendous background and I've obviously captured quite a bit there, but I'm always keen to start off with the very early days. If you could take a moment to maybe share a little bit about, you know, how your career started and what was that very first job in your journey? So thank you. Thank you for that. So I've been in ICT for 25 years. And as you've mentioned, I've held various leadership positions, both in South Africa, abroad, uh, lived in Europe uh, for seven years in France and in Switzerland. But I actually started out my career um, as a graduate hire uh, with IBM. At the time, um, it was just um, at the dawn of a new era in South Africa. And we were actually called the Rainbow Highest because it was one of the most diverse groups that uh, they've actually hired um, in a long time. So from a young age, actually very grateful for the parents I've had because they've made me realize the power of learning and the role of education. They've laid a firm foundation and, and kept me grounded. And at the age of 12, I was very clear that I wanted to go to university to pursue a commerce degree. I was very fortunate to be afforded the opportunity to realize you know, this dream because it was the exception rather than the norm uh, during those days. At the age of 21, uh, done and dusted with two degrees and my solid educational base opened doors of opportunities for me, which I grabbed with both hands. I strongly believe that if you continue to invest in your own learning and your development, um, it will actually help you set out not just a great path for your career, but also help you to become a great leader. Passionate advocate about mentorship because um, I've been mentored by so many great people in and outside of the industry, uh, people also locally and abroad, and they've actually helped me build some of the fundamental, you know, 
cornerstones of my career. So it was just fantastic to be part, you know, of that graduate intake program. And um, I, I always say this, that my first leadership break came at the age of 28. And uh, that is actually where it all started. Um, it was an incredible position that I got entrusted with. And it was truly the beginning of my learning journey when it comes to leadership, culture, achieving your objectives, and making sure that you do take people along with you um, in their journey. You know, I I have a massive admiration for a lot that you do just from a people impact perspective, right? You seem to have this way, this knack to, to rally troops around you and believe in a vision and be on that journey with you as you've described. And I love how you broke it down there and articulated a key component of your parents, of the individuals that actually supported you, but then a strong element of education around that, that really supported that. And then also the mentors and the people that have supported you on that journey away uh, along the way. And then you also had a very early start into your leadership influence at the age of 20. I'm, I'm very curious to know, in addition to some of those things you've described there, were there anything else that you believe you would have taken from your parents, some key components and lessons, life lessons that they would have taught you to be so impactful in this leadership journey that you've been on? You know, talking about mentorship, um, my parents for me were my first mentors. And and, and we, we don't always think about it in that context because there's a lot of basics that come with your upbringing, things such as being selfless, being humble, you know, the whole ethic around working hard, you know, for the things you want, integrity, um, always tell the truth, having good manners. These things sound very basic, right. but if you actually would professionally package it, you realize that it actually becomes meaningful as well in a professional context. Because some of these values for me, it becomes, you know, the well from which I draw. It has actually stood me in very good stead. And with some of the professional grounding that I got, I found that it has actually helped molded me as a leader. So I, I love how you describe that, right? And even though it might sound basic as well, a lot of those values, those traits, those attributes contribute to eventually your DNA as a leader, just in terms of how you represent your organization, your team, your partners, your customers, et cetera, to, to make the ultimate impact. But going back to your career for a second, right? So a lot of those attributes, a lot of those leadership lessons, the education around it, but also the mentors along the way, you've had some really impactful senior executive roles. Uh, for the up-and-coming individuals that are watching this, that are listening to this, that are also on that trajectory of, of leadership, and they're also going out there trying to get exposed and create a brand for some of these senior roles, like what, what, would you say there were any key specific moments or elements in your journey that you've had to do to stand out or create a brand for yourself to be exposed to some of these senior executive roles? For me, it's passion very important be passionate about what you do um when you do something go the extra mile they, what do they say the journey called the extra mile is still the road less traveled um make sure that 
you 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 burn the midnight oil and you produce work that you are ultimately exceptionally proud of right because we know that passion can convert you from average to excellent and that is what passion does so so be passionate about your work and then people say how do i know what i'm passionate about how do i start and i always say this that prashan in the beginning of your career it's very difficult to pick the things that you think you could be passionate about without trying them trying new things so i always say that be open for new opportunities embrace challenge try many new things because you will never know love what you do before you're able to do what you love right before you can draw that extinction and when you start trying different things in fact in some areas where you thought you may not be good you would find that you would surprise yourself find your purpose and and try to do this early and which is your why as i've explained to you that i got into leadership very early at the age of 28 and it's it's important for you to give your power you need to give your power purpose and i i often use this quote which i love very much from john maxwell which says that you know your true power is to empower and for you to understand once you have the power it's actually what you can do for people with what you have accomplished and because if you don't contextualize it, it it's very dangerous right because you could easily become you know to an extent almost uh, self absorbent very important to ensure that you you contribute to others and in microsoft we very fortunately talk about contribute to the success of others and and whether you're striving for leadership or whether you you just want to be part of a very collaborative team nothing you'll ever do that would be of great value you'll ever do as an individual right you will always do that in the context of a team but it is about really about being bold and about being brave and 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 just really put your hand up for stretched assignments if i if i think about my own career what kind of differentiated me in the beginning was that i used to put up my hand a lot for stretched assignments and say i'll do this i'll try this and of course there's always the fear of failure but hey what if it works it's it's really taking that moment of going into the uncomfortable zone right and stretching outside your current a uh, responsibility of tasks and getting that experience and that exposure and building that additional skill set that organically creates that brand. I love how you articulated the value that you add to others as well and I love the John Maxwell quote quote by the way. That was pretty good. In my research, I noticed that you you paid forward quite a bit. Paid forward and you focus a lot on some key components of human being and people success around diversity and inclusion, around self-care and well-being. around fostering a culture of creativity and ideas and all those things how they drive results and drive business outcomes essentially you have a methodology and you have a process of how you scale that and how you're very intentional with it right i'm super curious about leadership specifically in terms of what are your thoughts or what do you do to foster and and expose and exercise that desire within your organization to bring up the up and coming uh, people that have passion for leadership So Rushan thank you for that question and you know diversity and inclusion is a very important subject given where we are in history 
and even in the context of our own country. And I and I and I just love you know our our values at Microsoft and just the way that we put it because we talk about creating an environment where the right conditions are in place so that everyone can do their best work. And when we create those environments, people will ultimately bring their authentic selves to the workplace and ultimately celebrate their own individuality. And that is why I continue to emphasize this whole notion around inclusion because everybody wants to be part of something. Everybody wants to be seen. People want to be heard. I'm taking it from my own journey. I know what exclusion feels like. And, you know, we say that if you do not intentionally include, you unintentionally exclude. And for me, I always believe it starts with the tone that you set as a leader. When you show up as your authentic self, you almost give others permission to do the same, right? You free people where they realize that, hey, I can show up as the truest version of myself. And what do I, what does, you know, what does it mean when I say show up authentically? It means that as leaders, sometimes you sit in a meeting, you're not afraid to ask questions because you don't know, right? Because gone are the days when leaders, so to speak, know all the answers, we don't. And what they psychologically do for people, they realize, hey, actually, there is, you know, complete freedom here and there's no need to fear because we are learning, you know, in an environment where we are all encouraged by our culture in Microsoft to really have a, a growth mindset and understanding that you are continuously learning as an individual. Also, what I'm trying to do is to make sure that I continue to listen and I continue to learn and it's so important that we get to understand the definition of inclusion and what people expect from it because often what I believe it is and what you may believe it is it may often not be the same thing and and you know we have inclusive dialogues where you get to do round tables with people to get to understand you know what the pulse is of the organization and, and where people are and what you can do as a leader to make sure that you create a more inclusive environment. And I believe thirdly, it's about coming together as a leadership team and as a management team to ultimately set you know, that tone from the top, making sure that you create a platform, you create opportunities for others, you create acceptance, right, to a point where there's trust, love, and respect. And we come to a realization that it is about leveraging, you know, the power of our differences and our similarities to integrate it into a culture where all of us could come together, do our best work, and ultimately achieve a common objective. There's three big things that I'm picking up from that, right? It's that number one thing of, of leading from the front. It's modeling that authenticity as a leader. There's the other thing of creating that space of not having people be excluded, but rather included with their input, their feedback, or even just asking questions. 
And then there's the third piece that you talked about there, which I really, really uh, appreciated how you described it, actually, is leadership is, is not knowing all the answers, but having that humility to understand that you don't have all the answers to solicit that inclusivity of the people around you to help you get the answers, right? Or to help you get the information. And I loved how you described it. So thank you so much. Lillian, what has been one of your biggest failures as a leader? Now, you know that, Rashawn, that we are encouraged Microsoft to have a growth mindset to make sure that we don't dwell on our failures, but rather ask ourselves, what do we learn from it, right? And uh, because you equally learn from both your failures as well as your successes. And, um, but if I think of just one of the challenging situations we've I've experienced, and I've now told you that I've managed to build an international career, and I remember moving countries that you, you can easily make very obvious mistakes because you don't understand cultural context, right? And that is why it's so important for leaders to listen, to observe, to try and understand and one of the things that I've learned, at least when I got to Europe, was that it's so important for you to meet people where they're at, because what kind of worked for me in my leadership style when I was in South Africa, I couldn't necessarily cut, copy, paste that in a very different cultural environment, right? So as much as people needed to understand where I was coming from, I needed to understand their context as well. And, and, and then when you realize that it becomes very humbling because you realize that, hey, you, you can't look at things or anything literally at face value, right? You must always look at the deeper meaning. And, you know, here's the beauty. When you start taking an interest in people and they know it and you're trying to understand it, it's amazing what you can ultimately accomplish through them and also accomplish together. So that is very powerful and it, it lands very well with me personally, right? That cultural adaptability and that emerging yourself, immersing yourself into different cultures and understanding different individuals, right? Because obviously I've traveled quite a bit as well. And, you know, I feel like that's a key component regardless of, of how senior you might be or how strong your resume or your track record is. It doesn't contribute to that cultural adaptability and immersion of different cultures because every culture uh, you know, every individual has their own differences and their own diverse backgrounds, right? And that key mm -hmm. element of of learning about them, as you've described it, is a key uh, to success, right? And it's 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 interesting how when you miss that, you know, that can be a, a bigger failure, regardless of the track record and and the success and and all the great business results, etc. You know, what do you say today on a different topic? What do you say to up and coming leaders that are looking to hone in on their craft, in addition to everything else you've talked about? from a diversity and inclusion perspective, from an impact to people perspective, from a mentorship and coaching perspective. What are the other key pieces of advice that you have for up and coming leaders today looking to hone in on their craft? I would say be resilient. And, and, and people have been tested quite a bit, even in the last year, 18 months, right? So much has happened in the world, so much has changed. But, but I would still say be resilient and, and build your, your tenacity, even for your own career, because one of my key learnings uh, through my career is that, you know, career paths 
and linear. I don't know why we think when we come out of university that, hey, I'm going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop because you just don't, oh, right? right? You There's a lot of valleys along the way, and I can almost go as far as saying that there are more values than mountaintops. The unfortunate part is that we only tend to record the mountaintops. So when people kind of look at, you know, the highlight reel of your career, they just see like, wow. And when people get to read your bio, they go, wow. Really, there's a lot of points in between where you can talk about moments where things did not go very well, you know, where things did not work out. And where you were told, hey, sorry, not you, we're going to promote somebody else or sorry, not now or you're not ready. Right. So so there are there are those moments where things just don't work out. And then what do you do to make sure that you don't throw in the towel and understand that building a meaningful career is a marathon and not a sprint? It's important for you to build on your resilience so that you can, every time you have a setback, you can bounce forward. Because I know we used to say, you know, let me bounce back from adversity, but it's better to try and bounce forward from adversity so that you can literally, some of these tough situations that you may experience, you can literally outsmart them to make sure that you ultimately reach your fullest career potential. And I would say as well, maybe to add just another one or two to this is have have confidence, have faith in your abilities. Believe you can, because sometimes we exclude ourselves out of the race because we don't even believe that we can. And maybe the last point to mention here is to say have courage. Courage is something you must work on daily. You need to exercise it daily. It it takes courage to build a meaningful career. It takes courage, you know, to go after your goals. And the big things you did yesterday will become small things tomorrow. So you better work on your courage, right? To continue to go and knock on some of those big doors until they open. So what I take from that, Lillian, is, is immediately addressing that element of entitlement quickly, appreciating the harsh realities of the mountains and the hills, and then having that resiliency of continuing to plug forward. And then the confidence and the courage as well to continuously take on and believe in where you should put the most stock, which is in yourself. <laughs> and uh, I love that. Uh, last but not least, you know, tremendous conversation, firstly, thank you. But last but not least, you know, much, much, much longer from now, when the journey is all said and done, what is it that you want to be known for? You know, I do often get this question, um, Rashan, and I posted this on my LinkedIn timeline and I used the two words talking about we should pursue significance as much as we pursue success because often success is for us, but significance is something much bigger, is something bigger than us because significance profoundly include others and what you can do through you for others. And what I want to be known for in some of the legacies that I would love to leave in many of my, you know, in my, my leadership journey and many even for of the roles that I've occupied is that I've helped others move forward in their own journeys. I've helped make things better. I've helped my organization achieve their goals. I've helped 
my society move forward. I've basically helped the world become a better place.